Mike check one two one two. Mike check one two one two. I'm back. A taste to consider podcast. A little pregame. Sipping on my drink. Taking a couple of puffs of this cigar. Taste to consider podcast. Mike check one two one two. Let's get ready to start the show. I'm back. A taste to consider podcast. Yes, indeed. Back for another episode. Haven't been gone too long. It's only been a week. Let me adjust this mic real quick. I gotta adjust the mic because my my goatee keep hitting the microphone. Back for another episode. <clears throat> Dang, first burp already. I ain't even get to start the intro yet. Let me go ahead and just start the intro off for that. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm back. Back for another episode. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody who listened to last week's episode. Um, Man, Uh, the response was overwhelming. I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to the show. Um, All the people who liked it on social media. Definitely all the people who shared it on social media. Um, I appreciate each and every one of y'all for doing that for me. Um, yeah, got a real good response from the show. Um, <laughs> actually, a lot of people start contacting me and asking me, can they come on the show? <laughs> um, so I did say that I was going to try to have more guests uh, this season. So, you know, I'm open to it. Definitely open, open to uh, having more guests this season. So, you know. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, back for another episode. Let me start off with my drink. Um, and last week's episode was titled Love in You. Love in You. But uh, I'm drinking uh, Maker's Mark whiskey tonight. Um, I just got back from the liquor store. I actually just went to grab this. Um, I still got the bottle from last week, the Larceny uh whiskey uh but i wanted something different tonight i ain't want to drink all the larceny so i'll grab some maker's mark i've had this on the show before this is pretty good pretty smooth um the cigar that i'm smoking is a garcia and garcia my father cigar um 
It's a little... It got a strong aftertaste to it. It's not bad, but it's... Um, it's definitely a strong cigar. It's definitely not uh, recommended for a newbie to be smoking this one right here. It's very strong. Um, yeah, so last week's episode, I said that I was going to... Um, last week I said that this week's episode was going to be about the love languages and, uh, me reading the book and how it, uh, relates to me and, you know, my inner child wounds and stuff like that. But honestly, I'm still reading the book because I've been like, I'm the type of person that, you know, when I read a book, I just, I can't just flow through it because I'm, I'm continuously going back and reading other stuff. And, you know, uh, if, a, if, if they say something good in the book, something that stimulates me mentally or something, I'll go back and read it over and over again and then try to process it and kind of see how it uh, relates to, you know, what I'm going through and stuff like that. So <laughs> I've honestly been going back. But the book is good as hell. Um, yeah, the book is good as hell. And it makes me look at love and relationships um, well, I'm not going to say it makes me, it's starting to make me look at love and relationships in, uh, a different way. Um, I feel like I was all mentally, I was already headed that way. Um, but this kind of reinforces it, um, just based off of, uh, some of the scenarios that's in the book, some of the examples of love languages and how you can communicate with your partner and stuff like that. It's a real deep book. Um, I'm hoping that I, f I can finish the book <laughs> by next weekend so I can uh, do the episode and just go ahead and make this whole, uh, pretty much this whole month, each episode this month about love since we in the month of love <laughs> with it being February and stuff. Um, Let me see. Uh, I'm trying to find. Um, yeah, so today is the last day of Mercury retrograde. Mercury retrograde is done, is over with. And, you know, I've talked about it the past couple of episodes. And I've had plenty of Mercury retrogrades where something has always happened based off of of what Mercury controls. I've had issues with uh, travel. I've had issues with electronics. I had issues with communication. Um, I even had situations where it came to like contracts with like, with me having like um, interviews and getting job offers during Mercury retrograde and how they've, how situations have come back up or things with the job popped up after Mercury retrograde was over to the point where um, I decided not to take the job and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, Mercury retrograde is over. And, you know, like I was saying on last episode, there's still a post 
shadow uh, phase, and that is um, a post retrograde shadow, and that ends March 13th. So, like I said, um, even though Mercury retrograde is over with, those energies are still going to be lingering because um, the way it's explained is that you know Mercury has to get back into the flow of going forward again. So, you know, those en energies are still going to be linger lingering around as Mercury goes direct. So just be aware that, you know, some still, still some funny stuff could be going on with communication or with travel, with electronics, with any type of contracts or anything like that. So just be mindful of that. But uh, this Mercury retrograde, um, it wasn't bad. Uh, one incident popped up in terms of communication. Um, but the mindset that I'm in these days um, over the past couple of years, I, I truly feel like anything that has happened during this Mercury retrograde that was affected by the Mercury retrograde um, is nothing but positivity is going to come out of it. So um, I'm not really tripping or stressing over what happened, you know, cause as they say, Mercury retrograde is always an opportunity for growth and revision to go back and look at some things or maybe, um, confront some things that needed to be confronted. Um, you know, so I just don't look at any situation that happens during Mercury retrograde um, as being a negative. Whether it will stress me out or not, that's something totally different, but I'm in the right mind to know that, you know, all things are for my highest good. So, um, you know, I'll sit in it for a little while and then, you know, move forward, redirect my energy as as I've been looking at it the past uh, couple of days, I've been redirecting my energy with some things and getting back um, to some passions of mine and just, you know, putting work in. I'm feeling more inspired um, to, to get back into uh, some things that I, I basically was being lazy on. So I'm very happy, you know, for that. And I'm happy for the situation that um, put me in that space. You know, I just had to redirect the energy and it wasn't even like a thing where I had to I had to do much. It was it was pretty much the way that I see it and the way that it all happened. It was all divine intervention because soon as um Mercury retrograde happened and it affected me, then it was like it took no effort for me to pick myself up and redirect the energy. It kind of just happened on its own. So I'm very grateful for the Mercury retrograde and um, the things that is brought, brought out of me and brought um, to my attention. Um, And one of the things um, that got brought to my attention was um, I, I started noticing a lot of situations um, 
with mental health stigma, uh, the stigma around uh, mental illness and um, how people take advantage of people who are open about uh, their mental, their current mental illness or past um, struggles with mental illness. And I've had stories told to me about, you know, people basically bullying them and making smart comments and stuff like that because they know about the other person's issues with mental health and mental illness in the past and stuff like that. And even experiencing it myself, um, and it just lit a fire up in me um, to get back you know, being more open and and speaking more to those things and encouraging people to, you know, end the stigma and to, you know, uh, get the help that they need and uh, don't worry about the folks around them that's trying to discourage them from that and stuff. So um, I just think it it pisses me off, you know, it makes me angry when... um, People take shots at other people for their uh, struggles with mental illness and pick on them and bully them and stuff like that. Um, I remember particularly uh, one incident that happened to me years ago, 20 years ago. I'll say 20 years ago. I'm 39, and I think this incident happened when I was around like 19. And I remember I was uh, driving uh, to college. I had a class and I was on my way to um, school. And at the time, I had a a lady friend and we were on the phone. And I remember, like, we got into like a disagreement. It wasn't nothing heavy or um, disrespectful, or anything like that. It was just a a disagreement and. I guess she misinterpreted how I responded to something that she said. So she looked at it as though that I took offense to it. And I remember her saying, are you crazy? Do you need help? (laughs) It's funny now thinking about it because like at the time that she said that, I'm thinking to myself in my mind that she just said this to me and she works. She was at the time she was working in a psychologist's office. She was um, administrative assistant in the psychologist's office. (laughs) And this is something that she said to me or whatever. And this was way before I even knew that uh, um, I had, you know, uh, issues or struggles with uh, my mental health. So it didn't like um, offend me as it would have like when I was aware of my mental illness so at the time, I just hung the phone up on her because I was just like, this wild. This is a person who works in a psychologist's office, a therapist's office, and talking to people like that. <laughs> she event- she uh, eventually apologized and stuff like that, said she was wrong. And, you know, back then, we was young and stuff like that. So those type of things will happen. Granted, they shouldn't happen, you know, because a lot of this stuff is learned behavior. And this is this is the problem with the the uh, stigma around mental illness and stuff. People think that it's funny. You know, you hear people joke about it all the time. But um, 
yeah, that fire has been uh, lit back up in me to get out there and and speak more and to just be uh, a motivator and an example to people to speak about my uh, mental my struggles with mental illness in the past. So I got two blog posts that I'm working on. Um, they should be out soon. Um, haven't really been deep into my writing like that because I've been trying to hurry up and read that Love Languages book. But since I got some time now to try to get the book done, <laughs> I'm go ahead and finish those uh, blog posts. And that is greatestiamblog.com. Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog. But speaking of uh, mental health, mental illness and stuff, I know I've talked about uh, a couple of shows uh, on season two about uh, me going to a new therapist. Um, I was currently going to uh, a black woman and I was with her for probably over a year. Um, Could have been two years. I can't remember. But um, I learned a lot about myself, um, tackled some things, uh, dealt with some things, made, was made aware of some things about myself um, while I was, while I had my relationship with that therapist. And I started to feel like it was time for me to get a black male therapist to work out certain issues on the masculine side uh, of things. Um, on the feminist side, having a, a black woman therapist uh, was paramount to my healing and my growth. Um, just getting in touch with recognizing my feelings and stuff like that, and um, expressing my feelings, and you know, working on certain uh, wounds when it came to um, my foundation with my mom and stuff like that. So I felt like it was time for me to do the same thing on the masculine side. So I I found a, a therapist and I was meeting with him a couple of times, but I haven't met with him in a while. And like, I just don't think that me and him was a good fit. He wasn't a good fit for what I needed. Um, he gave, you know, good advice, good suggestions and made me aware of certain things, but I still didn't feel like me and him had a connection. I felt like a lot of the things that he did say to me were just matter of fact. They weren't uh, directly uh, focused on my um, my difficulties and my struggles. They were just matter of fact for every black male as opposed to just my issues. You know, my my struggles, the things that I need to work on, they were just matter of fact to every black male male's issues. They was they was so they was too generalized on just what black men are going through as opposed to getting, you know, specific and down in the nitty gritty of what I needed to work on and what I needed to be held accountable on and stuff. So I stopped meeting with him and, you know, I'm in the process of looking for a new therapist But just like um, last episode, episode before that, and then the love languages, um, 
like I always say, relationships are important. And it don't matter what type of relationship. I, in the society we live in today, everything is so focused on romantic relationships that we forget about other key relationships that we have to have, you know, throughout our our life, particularly the relationship with ourselves. And so I'm in the process of looking for another new therapist. And at this point, I'm like, it doesn't even matter if I have a black male. Um, I'll, I'm open to having another black uh, woman therapist. So it's just about finding the right fit, having the right relationship, because it's a relationship. Um, so hopefully, excuse me, as I've compiled my list, excuse me, I can find someone next week that will be a good fit for me, but I'm not going to force anything because I've, I've gone to therapy long enough to know that you just can't force, um, the situation, just like with any relationship, you just can't force stuff. But I definitely will keep everybody updated on that. Therapy is a wonderful thing. I love it. Um, particularly uh, when I was going to my to the black woman therapist. Uh, me and her had a a good relationship. Uh, we had a lot of great conversations. Um, she called me out on things. Um, you know, made me aware of things, gave me a lot of stuff that I was missing on the feminine side. And like I mentioned, my mom wounds and stuff like that. So therapy is a great thing. Uh, just, just to even have a, a place to go to talk to somebody that you know isn't going to judge you and stuff like that, that they're solely there to help you. They're not going to push anything on you. You make the decisions yourself. They're just, they're there to help you walk through these things. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. But um, let me start off with a clip to get into deeper into the show. And let me find this clip. I should have had it queued up. Um, let me see. <sighs> All right. Mm. Pulling it up. All right. In every relationship, there are double standards. So recently the question was asked online, what's the most annoying double standard in your relationship? So here are some of the responses. A woman said, he's allowed to spank, grope, grab my butt as much as he pleases, but if I get anywhere close, he throws a hissy fit. I demand equal butt rights. Yeah, that's kind of true right there. All right, here's one from a man. If I want something, I have to get up and get it. If she wants something, I have to get up and get it. That was true. How about this one from a husband who says, 
When she's not in the mood, that means she's tired or not feeling well. If I'm not in the mood, which is rare, it's because I don't love her and I'm cheating on her. All right, now look at this one from a husband. Her money equals her money. My money equals her money. All right, here's my favorite one. This is from a husband. When she's in her crazy tree, I calmly talk her out of it. When I'm in my crazy tree, she climbs up right there with me. Then we both in the crazy tree. <laughs> hey, folks, welcome. Uh, thanks for checking out my YouTube. That was a clip from the <laughs> Steve Harvey show, and it said it was entitled uh, Crazy Couple Double Standards. And you know how this is. I mean, granted, I'm the only person on the show tonight, so it might seem like it's a little biased, but I'm going to try my best not to be totally biased about double standards <laughs> but from a man's perspective a man's perspective it kind of seems like we just don't matter <laughs> so it really isn't <laughs> a double standard <laughs> but um yeah so i got a few clips because um, honestly since i wasn't going to do the love languages show um i proceeded to try to put together another show and I I went into my my phone and and did a and start doing a little dump of topics because I just have topics for days in my phone videos that I've saved tweets and memes and stuff like that that I can talk about. So as I was going through the phone dump, clearing stuff out that have already been discussing and stuff, every clip that I didn't discuss had something to do with double standards. And, and this is what I say all the time about my podcast. I'm, even though it's a lot of work to put an episode together, I really don't have to do a lot of work because the shit just be coming together like, like nothing. Like, I always be saying, this, this podcast is divinely guided <laughs> because everything just be falling in place, especially when I'm not trying to force a show, when I'm not trying to force a show, force a topic find a song, the, the play at the end of anything. Everything just falls into place and I love it. Thank you. I Thank you, God. I got so much gratitude for that because <laughs> it is hell sometimes trying to put shows together when you're trying to force, force it. Looking for topics and stuff like that. But yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, let me start off. Um, oh, hold up. Even before I even go into that, damn, how did I miss this? I am looking at my outline. Man, talk about y'all boy, uh, Ted Cruz. What is this man doing? <laughs> okay. And I'm going to give... Um, I'm going to just say, like, this this stuff, like, you can't even make it up anymore, like the stuff that these politicians do. We already know everything that's going on uh, down in Texas right now. Uh, send my prayers 
out to everybody who's been dealing with the uh, inclement weather, having their power out, food shortages, all that crazy, stupid stuff that shouldn't be happening in this country. But then your boy, Senator Ted Cruz, in the midst of all this stuff going on, got on a plane to go to Cancun with his family. And when all the backlash started happening, then he returned back to Texas. But his reasoning for that was he was accompanying, accompanying his daughters on a trip while school was canceled for the week. He said, our girls asked to take a trip with friends. Wanting to be a good dad, I flew down with them last night and then flying back this afternoon. <laughs> Nigga, you lying like shit. Your ass got caught. Simple as that. And this is the type of shit that be happening all the time with these politicians. This foul stuff that they be doing. But we refuse to, to see. We put a blindfold over our eyes, Democrat and Republican, the shady stuff that they be doing, and be leaving us high and dry. We seen it with Katrina. We seen it now with the Texas stuff. We seen it plenty of times before. But... In the black community, we're still talking about voting. We're still talking about voting. We're still stressing it, making it seem like it's the most important thing in the world to um, advance as foundational black Americans. And then, got this man in Michigan. Austin... Shinge. He was uh he's a Republican governor candidate. My man said he will cancel Black History Month in Michigan. It's offensive, it's unfair, maybe illegal. Americans from all backgrounds deserve a revered history. I'll declare American History Month. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. And and he's a he's a he's black. Um I'm assuming uh he's African. I didn't look him up. But um yeah. Do I really need to go in deep with sort of stuff like this? Like I'll just point it out and leave it there. So, double standards. Like I said I have a few clips. Um I'll play and I'll, you know, put my two cents in there. I'm not going to make it a long show because I haven't eaten dinner yet. It's 830 and plus I want to catch the fight, the Adrian Broner fight. So let's try to get through this real quick. First clip. Uh, let me make sure I pull up the right clip first because I got them just scattered everywhere. Um, no, nah, that's not it. Um, let me see. Mm -mm. Okay, this is the one right here. Let me start it over. All right, let me cue this clip up for y'all. And I'm pretty sure everybody know about this clip right here. This little Boosie talking about uh, Lori Harvey. B. Jordan, yeah. what's your take on this? I think we need to stop giving the woman the power 
you know, with, with situations like this. You know, girls keep saying it's goals, but we gotta start, this is not goals, you know what I'm saying? We gotta start giving the bachelors, the men who running through a, a beautiful woman like this to credit, who not housing her, running through her, because most, you know, like Boo, and last time I went to Diddy House, him and Boo was together, you know, like they dogs. So we gotta start, you know, I know Laura, beautiful woman, but we gotta stop giving the glory to the woman. What about the bachelors? What about? And now Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> oh man, Boosie. Uh, all right, let me see how I'm going to comment on this. I'll start off by saying, first thought that came to my mind, I saw this, and I'm thinking to myself, Boosie, you, you'd be lucky if you could, even with your, with your money and fame and stuff, you'd probably be lucky if you could date Lori. <laughs> but um, seriously, I thought he was starting off good. And let me play the clip again. What's your take on this? I think we need to stop giving the woman the power. When he said, when he made that first comment, I was like, okay, cool. I think I see where he about to go with this. I thought that he was about to be like, we need to stop giving women the power to the, um, I hope I'm saying this right. There's so much stuff running through my head right now. I thought he was trying to say, stop giving the woman power to um to make it seem like that she is the only prize in a situation that men ain't you know that men ain't the prize um that's where I thought he was going I thought he was going in that direction I thought he was going to talk about how you know uh Lori doing what she doing is just emboldening embolden other women to do the same thing. Basically to uh, take away the value, their values, their morals because a, a quote unquote celebrity is doing something and, you know, they'll jump on and do the same thing. You know, just totally relinquish relinquish their values, their morals, and all that, and just just go run through a whole bunch of men. But that's not the way he went. <laughs> I don't understand why he went the way he went. Um, I kind of almost felt like he was feeling bitter about the situation <laughs> because that, that just ain't going to fly with people. You saying that um, you need to give the men credit for running through one one uh woman <laughs> um and of course you know the double standard will come up with women saying that oh it's okay for y'all to do it but when a woman do it there's a problem and yeah that's a double standard that's the way society is um there's no there's no if ands or but about that you know there's no way of getting around that that's we know that to be a fact. It's a double standard with men and women when it comes to how many people that they date or how many people that they sleep with. But I think the misconception 
that a lot of us have in the Lori Harvey situation is uh, a lot of people are assuming that she's sleeping with every dude that she's being seen with. And I don't think that's the case. Um, I know majority of the men, uh, every woman that they've dated or gone out with, they've probably been in the situation, they probably had the mindset that they trying to hit. But that's not the case with women. And I, I, <laughs> it's an unpopular fact, but I feel like it's a fact. You know, women, women don't sleep with every person that they date. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, basically it's, it's a lot of times men are just uh, projecting on some women when they see a woman that's dating a lot of different guys in a like a short, short time span that uh, they project them because they know that, you know, probably they went that's how they've done it in the past or they known other guys to do it. So they projecting. And I kind of feel like he had some type of, he kind of feel like that's what I feel. I feel like he was kind of bitter about it, but I do think that is an, uh, it's an unpopular fact, but I definitely think that it's a fact that every woman doesn't sleep with every person that they date. I'm pretty confident on putting money on that. Um, Sue, I talked about how I love the show Girlfriends, and you think about Joan and her three-month rule. Most of them bammers on the show didn't even make it to the three months to sleep with her. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of... And he actually doubled down. Even after this interview, he talked about it again. Uh, I'm not going to play that clip because, I mean, he just doubled down on what he already said. But... <laughs> Yeah, I just got a ton of, uh, not a ton, but I got a, just a few clips that I'm just going to run through, and they all based off of a double stand, off of double standards of men and women. Um, this next, this this one out of clip right here, this is... Um, this is a tweet that I saw, but even before I saw the tweet, this is something that has always boggled my mind. And the tweet says, um, they say that rap music portrays an image that is accepted by black men, but it also portrays an image that is also accepted by black women. Um, this person was a blackity black person, so I'm going to just go through and read the whole tweet. I understand this is all by design, by the powers that be, but to willingly participate in this is something we refuse to acknowledge. Okay. I saw this tweet and like I was, I wanted to talk about this for a while, but I was just always skating around and trying to figure out how I was going to really speak on it. Um, but I totally agree with, with the tweet. I just never understood why if some women complain about the misogyny and with rap music and stuff like that, but then turn around and celebrate uh, Cardi B, Meg, 
um, Nicki Minaj and stuff like that. But then they'll say that they're praising it because they're taking the power back. And I always be like, how is that taking the power back? You're just playing into the misogyny. You know, um, granted, women can do what they want. I ain't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what a, you know, what a woman decides to do with her own body. Um, are there things that I wouldn't want a woman that I'm dealing with to do? Of course, sure. That's every, everybody got their things. Um, but I just am confused and I just don't totally agree with the taking the power back aspect. I just look at it like if you're taking the power back because I already feel like women have the ultimate power, then you should stop showing the shit and make niggas, you know, use their imagination more, you know, do do more work to to figure out what's what you working with as opposed to, you know, going out here and flashing it for everybody. And this is not to be judgy and, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to trigger nobody. This this is just my my thoughts and my thinking. Um, yeah, but I just never understood that about the taking the power back thing. Uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't see how that's taking the power back when you basically giving giving guys what they want without having to do anything, <laughs> without having to put any work or anything like that. So it's like you giving up your power. Ah, yeah. Moving on. Okay, let me find the other clip because I'm just going. Oh, yeah, and another thing is like the fact that Everything is just so overly sexualized, particularly when it comes to rap music and, excuse me, in the, with celebrities in the industry and movies and stuff like that. Everything is over-sexualized and then just getting into the blackity-black aspect of it and you look at how dating back to when uh, our ancestors were enslaved. And how you see that even though these slave masters, these white men, quote unquote, were racist and stuff like that. But they still found time to, you know, rape black women and have children with them and stuff like that. And it's like when it comes to black women... Uh, black women are overly over sexualized more than any other woman that that walks this planet. But it's like now you have these record companies and you have these white CEOs and you know all the money that they making off of the misogyny with the black males rapping about it and having the women in their videos and then on turn you you got the women rappers coming out now and they doing the same thing so it's like white this is like a, a pattern with with white men and with the uh white the system of white supremacy of over over sexualizing our women black women and putting us in putting us black men in the position to do the same thing 
a lot of, you know, you hear the, the term patriarchy all the time and stuff like that. And I've seen on Twitter a lot how black women, you know, get on black men about, you know, being the same way as the white man or whatever in, in terms of being misogynistic and being being just overly patri patriarchy. So I don't know. I just feel like, you know, black women just have so much power and I just don't see you see how you're taking your power back by falling into the same trap that you're complaining about. And like I said, this ain't all black women, just some black women. And granted, you know, um, I don't have no problem with a woman just wanting to dress sexy and stuff like that, show off her curves, show what, you know, uh, she been in the gym working for and stuff like that. Because you know the the women who who out here getting the bubbles and stuff and the ass and titties, <laughs> they going to do it. I swear, man. I swear you can order ass and titties off Amazon these days. This is everywhere. You can probably go to 7-Eleven soon and buy ass and titties and put it on yourself. Because it's just, <laughs> just crap is everywhere. But um, I just never understood that. Let me see what, what's the next clip I'm going to pull up. Like I said, I'm doing a dump and I'm just running through here. And just pulling all these clips out. And it's crazy because all these clips is about double standards. All right, here go one. And this is this is uh, something that's been coming up lately. Granted, everybody knows who Kevin Samuels is. And lately, but it seemed like he's been popping up more or whatever with his rhetoric. And there's nothing I'm going to get all deep into. But <laughs> I just thought this clip was funny right here. Um, okay. What do you say? About all right. Let me pull it up so it can start correctly. Do you say about black women who date outside of their race? You can't get a black man. What makes you think you're going to get a white one? <laughs> that was the end of the clip. I just thought that was funny as hell. But uh, yeah, Kevin Samuels, he's been popping up more lately, even though he's been doing his his videos for a minute now where he talked to men and women, but he be going on people. <laughs> but... It always, it still, it always amazes me, still amazes me to this day that women will flock, flock to dudes like that. I ain't hating or nothing, but I'm just saying, like, I put him in the category of Steve Harvey, which I played the clip before I started talking about this double standard stuff. He's a Steve Harvey type dude. He's telling women stuff that y'all already know, but it's like y'all running to get validation from a black man but also showing disgust and hate for the black man as well. So it, it always confuses me. But I just thought that was a funny clip, and I got it out the way. <laughs> Let me cross it off my old line. Um, double standards. And I think, and, and with the, my past episode and stuff, and I, since I've been talking about my love language is showing, talking about relationships, period, and stuff. Like, these double standards pop up because we don't know how to communicate. Men and women don't know how to communicate with each other when they're in a relationship, you know? Those love languages are so important on many levels, not just romantic relationships and friendships. Um, 
at work, uh, with your parents, any all relationships, the love languages deal with that because despite the fact of looking at love only from a romantic perspective, love is supposed to be the universal thing that we're all connected by. If you want to look at it from a religious aspect, they say God is love. So we should love everybody the same way God loves us, et cetera, et cetera. So everything is supposed to, we all supposed to be connected by love because we was created from love, you know? So it ain't got to be all a deep thing with, oh, I, I, why my love languages matter with a coworker? You know, I ain't in love with that person. I'm not in a romantic relationship. It matters because those love languages, you know, speak to how you respond to things, what triggers you, what things you need to motivate you, inspire you and stuff like that to make you you feel uh, to uh, I don't want to say make you feel whole because uh, when it comes down to it, we're responsible for ourselves. But I'll say what I've read in the book so far, things that help you fill up your 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 cup, your emotional cup, your love cup, you know, so. Granted, everything starts from us, that self-love, but that love from other people just helps to fill up the cups, you know. What's the next clip? Uh, let me see. Mm -mm. Let me this. Uh... Bear with me one second. Um, all right, I'm gonna play this clip right here. Uh, is, is there one on the list? Um, okay, I'll play this one right here. Let me cue it up. I'm not proud of the way I. All right, hold on. Getting these clips off of Instagram, you gotta make sure that they queued up at the right time and everything. All right. Okay. Bear with me. I'll be very transparent with y'all on this couch. I'm not proud of the way I, I behaved in my marriage. I thought I was a know it all. It was the Ebony show and no show, my way or the highway. I wanted to, to be in control. I thought if you loved me, you would conform to what I wanted you to do. That was my immature understanding of love. Um, and what I learned from that, the good news is I learned, instead of trying to pick a man and control him, select a man that I have enough respect, I have enough um, trust. Kind of trust of his judgment. That's probably first and foremost for me. I need to pick a man who I trust your judgment. So that when I come up into this predicament, I was giving you jinx, whereas I feel away and you feel away, I trust you enough to defer to you because I picked you because I trust your judgment. <laughs> your judgment. A lot of black women that I know, we grew up mm -hmm. in single family homes with our fathers, with mothers, and with grandmothers mm -hmm. that literally were the backbone of the whole family yep. that took care of us, our brothers, our uncles, and everybody else. And we were raised to be independent, not to be needy. Be very yeah, so I thought that was an interesting clip. I mean, I feel like it falls right into the lines with having double standards in relationships. And when I was saying earlier about how, like, 
a lot of black men don't feel like they even matter in relationships. They they don't matter as far as uh, physically, emotionally, mentally. They just feel like they don't matter at all because everything has to revolve around uh, what their significant other is once like if the if their woman ain't happy then the relationship not gonna be happy like the woman dictates everything in the relationship if the woman says that the relationship ain't good at at that time then the relationship just ain't good the dude could be just fine ain't nothing going on feel like he ain't a good relationship but soon as something pop up (laughs) with his woman then the relationship is a problem in the relationship now but I've heard plenty of women talk about, you know, how they've tried to control the relationship because they had no trust in anything like that. And I feel like it ain't necessarily got anything to do with the current man that they with. It has to do with, like Remy Ma said, uh, the foundation, what they seen from their mothers, their grandmothers and their aunts and the conversations that they they heard talked in their household and stuff like that. You hear the the bashing of men and stuff like that, or you see that ain't no man in the home like that, then you're going to have a, some sort of uh, distress in, in black men and being able to be providers and stuff like that, being able to lead in a relationship, to lead a family, you know, to be the ultimate masculine energy in the family, you know. Men and women, we both have masculine and feminine energy, but a lot of times you'll see in relationships, black women trying to battle the black man with their masculinity. You know, you see a lot. I was talking to my barber about this Thursday. He's like, we was talking about Cardi B and Megan and all them, how with uh, the rap music and stuff like that, the way that a lot of they, a lot of them are talking to uh, women rappers, they talking like how the dudes be talking on the... Um, <laughs> on the song, you know, suck my, you know, and all this other stuff. And, you know, a lot of the women these days, uh, particularly the younger women, are way more aggressive than what I probably, you know, remember. Granted, there's been aggressive women th- that are just as old as me, but it wasn't as many of them. Like, you see a lot of aggressive women these days. <laughs> and it's just like, I want a feminine woman. I don't. I don't want this. <laughs> I just feel like femininity is just the, is just so sexy. I feel like it's the the confidence of it and everything. I feel like the you know that's the essence of a woman. That that femininity right there. You know you can't beat that. That's their that's their power. You know, um, yeah. But I thought that was a an interesting clip to bring up. So here's another one. Uh, cue this up. Y'all, I notice y'all really can't stand it whenever I make a post defending black men. There's always a barrage of comments like, we gotta hold them accountable. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for accountability, but when do we not hold black men accountable? It's like every day, every time I get on the internet, someone is always talking about what black men not doing right. As a matter of fact, the only time we do bring up black men is to hold them accountable for the stuff that they not doing. I mean, it's almost like we're letting our personal experiences and the media first and foremost dictate how we feel about our own men. Never mind the several instances of black 
black men who were protecting black women. Never mind the black man who pulled a black woman out of a burning building. Never mind the black man who jumped in front of a group of girls and lost his life defending them. Never mind the black men who were taking 12 hour shifts to defend a black woman in their neighborhood. Never mind that the majority, the vast majority, over 80% of black men are married to black women. We gotta stop letting the media tell us that our men don't love us and protect us. That's a lie. This country is hell bent on destroying our men. Let's not help them. Yes, sir. I totally agree with her, too. And it's a narrative that's, that's being pushed. It's definitely being pushed. I mean, just think about it. You watch commercials and you will always see a black woman with a white man in the commercial. They'll have the interracial family, which is nothing wrong with it. But they're pushing. It's like they're pushing the narrative. The media is pushing the narrative. The media is always like pushing the narrative that something is wrong with black men. And some black women are feeding into that. You've seen the the uh, the movies before. I forgot the name of that movie that had uh, Sanaa Lathan in it. And she was dating the black dude. And, I mean, the white dude and stuff like that. Um, and it's been, it's been movies like that before. You see it in the commercials. Like, it's, it's out there. The narrative is out there. And it's been that way for years. Like, I've talked about it before on one of my episodes about how uh, the system of white supremacy has, has pushed black men not being in the house. Like it was to the point uh, that at one moment that black women, the only way that they can get their welfare benefits is if they kick the black man out the house. Um, you have it with slavery. Um, and I talked about the Willie Lynch syndrome and how they push, they push certain narratives through the black women and they started back then. They, they pushed the narrative of uh, black women not having trust or not believing in black men by through buck breaking. They had it through um, once they once they did the buck break, buck breaking, then they then it'll be to the point where psychologically the black woman that was enslaved, uh, she would cradle her son so much that he wouldn't know how to be a masculine man, a protector and stuff like that. And that stuff has been pushed since that day. I will forever talk about the black community and the Willie Lynch syndrome because we are still affected by the day. We're still literally under that syndrome to this day. We're still going by it. But yeah, black men, uh, a lot of black men don't feel valued in relationships. They don't feel valued by black women. I'm not saying all, it's just some. Um, you know, I've, I hear it before, like, <laughs> I was talking to uh, my barber about this again. He was talking about, uh, he was saying, <laughs> his wife don't never compliment him on his haircuts. He was like, he thinking that, you know, he doing something, he looking good or whatever, got his haircut. He walk in the house, his wife <laughs> don't say nothing. But if he don't say nothing about when she get her hair done or something like that, then <laughs> it's an issue. So it's always like nitpicking, double standards and play and stuff like that. So just like I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, ladies, compliment your man on his haircut. I know y'all don't want him going out in the streets being too confident and all, <laughs> but compliment him on his haircut at least. I mean, that's 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 pretty much all we got. We don't get our nails done, and painted and toes painted and all that shit compliment him on his outfit you know there's a lot of guys that be real into dressing and and matching their outfits and stuff compliment him on something make him feel good <laughs>
uh, let me pick up the next clip. Um, let me see what I got on here. Uh, Uh, let me play this one right here. And this one is talking about, uh, this is from, this is a clip I found on uh, Instagram. And it was about, uh, is married couple talking, excuse me, doing their podcast. And it's titled, excuse me, Pressure into Marriage Only to Be Denied Sex. Let me pull it up. Not allowed based on our marriage laws and uh-huh. the, the contract we've signed with each other right. to have sex with anybody else. Right. So these urges that come, mm-hmm. I have to share them with the one person I decide to spend the rest of my life with. Right. So that, that brings me back to my, my, my soundbite. Okay. Right? I don't understand, and this is what we can discuss mm-hmm. as a woman, because I don't, I don't want to say it's a man versus woman thing, but a lot of women do complain, oh, my husband's always on me. Why is he always on me? Mm-hmm. If sex is going to be a chore for you that you don't really want to do, why do women constantly push monogamy on men? If you know that you don't want to have to deal with him all the time just wanting you, mm-hmm. why do you push monogamy on men? Well, who's to say I pushed anything on anybody? Like, Well, we know that people, you pushed monogamy on me. I pushed monogamy I forced you to get married to me? Time out. <laughs> I didn't say you forced me to get married, but did, did you not say to me that you wanted to be engaged and you wanted to be married before you lived with me? You I didn't want, say that? I want a billion dollars. That don't mean I'm going to get it. I but, can want but something, asking, but not... You, you, right now, you're dodging the question. Nobody Answer the question. Yes, is that something I wanted? Yes, it was. <laughs> But you didn't impress me. To, are you going to lie now so to the people because we talking about sex? Deval, you're going to lie now to the people? Deval, knowing Kanin, you didn't strong, want monogamy? Of course I did. So then why are you she avoiding started the question? She started getting That's heated. You, you see her face. She started getting heated. Does that mean I want it and I requested that, that you were going to deliver it? Like nobody pressed you for that. Tell me, you just said you wanted it and requested it. Do you not hear yourself? I can make a request. Is the request going to be granted? Am I That's not, up to am you, I, bro. Am I not granting you monogamy? You are granting it to so, me. So this is my question. Look this at is my always. Look at, this, look, at this, look at your boy. Look at your boy. This is my question. If you wanted monogamy, okay. Why would you want monogamy if monogamy if if sex is a chore for you? That's the question. You're avoiding the question. I'm not avoiding the question. But at first you said me, women or or in general me specifically are pushing monogamy on somebody. Okay, yes, that's something that I wanted. But I didn't press you for it and be like, Deval, I'm gonna hold a gun to your head to propose to so me. Come out. Do also, women? Okay. also, let me finish. Also, I don't feel like I was adequately prepared. For marriage. And I've said that before because if I knew that marriage and monogamy was going to involve me trying to meet you where you were at sexually <laughs> for years to come, then I probably would have reevaluated it if I wanted to be monogamous anyway. So that's fair, but we're not even, even talking about marriage. Let's even talk about dating, right? Okay. Two people are dating. Typically in society, who asks for exclusivity first, a woman or a man? I would say a woman. Thank you. That was my whole point. So you were going all over the place. If women typically ask for exclusivity first, then when they get exclusivity, say, he always on me. He always want to have sex. Why are we asking men for exclusivity if we do not want to participate in sex at the same level as men? We have to think about. All right. I'm going to play the rest of the clip, but I just got a comment before I start losing my train of thought. So uh, y'all hear everything she's saying. So. Without me being biased by being 
Oh, man. Okay, so if you're in a relationship, you dating, married, whatever, um, and you, she not giving you the sex, yes, men, you have to look at what are you doing to not make her want to give you that. Granted, it ain't, that's not always the case, because sometimes, you know, it just be once the woman got you, she got you, she ain't really thinking too much after that, um, which is evident from what she said. She said she wasn't even ready for marriage She once she got into it. So I'm like, so why was you pressing from the beginning? And I think that's a, another issue that I've talked about plenty of times before about as far as women just be wanting the wedding and stuff, but they not ready for marriage. But like I was saying, in certain situations, men have to do a little more in order for the woman to feel comfortable being intimate with him, having sex and stuff like that. You know, you can't just sit here and if if the if your wife is or your girl is sitting here doing all the cooking and cleaning and stuff like that, and you expect to get some sex every night. I mean, you have to chip pitch in and help her and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Do for her, you know make her feel good as well in order to to release that femininity to you, you know, to feel comfortable. But on the other end, it's like I, I've heard a lot and I've experienced it myself. Um the way guy the way guys are, we don't ask for much. Shoot we we just want pretty much peace, food and sex. And it's like if we don't get those things, those three things, particularly the sex, we'll feel rejected. For the guys as being totally honest with themselves, they feel rejected. And they, you know, guys want to be desired too. It's just not always about, you know, desiring a woman, making the woman feel like she deprives. You know, a guy's in the relationship too. He's, he's, you know, He's a human being. He has desires. He has feelings and stuff like that. And certain things have to be nurtured, even with men not being a lot of men not having um, a good emotional IQ or emotional maturity with their, you know, with their own emotions and stuff like that. You know, they we still don't like to feel rejected. We want to feel desired. We want to feel like, you know, our lady is, is feeling us, you know? But let me play the rest of the clip. What that does to a man, and I don't think that that's being, th that conversation is being had. Okay, I agree. And that part I agree with, yes. That women are typically the ones that will ask for the exclusivity. I get that, yes. But what I'm saying is, me as a woman, I don't think that I was necessarily prepared or in the mindset to know that. It's almost like once you get into it, then you're like, oh, shoot, like this is what I'm going to have to keep up with. I get that. Us speaking as 36-year-old people know that now. Had I known that at 26, I, get that. I would have to contend with that, I even that. in the dating realm. I then it might have been something I would have reevaluated. So now let's go back to what you asked. But I don't get that because if y'all was dating before y'all got married, you didn't already know his sex drive by then. I mean, I'm confused. I'm just totally confused. I feel like that's an excuse that uh, she's using. And it's kind of making me feel weird about when 
she's even talking about now that we in the marriage, I'm looking at it like, whoa, you know, um, I don't feel like the communication was real good there. I kind of feel like I already said, like some women just be wanting to just, they just want what they want. They want to control the situation. They want to control the man to get their wedding ring, to get their wedding, to show off and all that other stuff. But where it did you really get down into the nitty gritty of trying to figure out if you really want to be with this dude and vice versa? This guy, do you really want to be with her? Is this, a, have y'all really had necessary conversations to figure out, is this somebody that I'm really interested in being with long term? And when I get into the love language part on the next episode, he talked about how there's a difference between love and in love. And, you know, the, the the thing with in love is is, is sort of a, a drug feeling. It's a euphoric feeling, but it's not a feeling that lasts. In love is not a feeling that lasts. You know, um, the foundation of a true relationship is the love, the work that's being put in, the communication and everything. The in love is just is just a little, you know, playful stage. But you you tend to to let things slide in the in love stage. You you tend to let things go. You don't have necessary conversations because you're just so wrapped up into that euphoric feeling of, oh, I'm in love, I'm in love, this is a new person. And that's why people be jumping from relationships so much because they trying to replicate that feeling. They trying to get that fix, that in love fix. You said to me, you never pressured me to get married. In 2007, we were living together, right? You said you no longer wanted to live up with me and shack up with me because mm -hmm. you wanted to be my wife, not my girlfriend. Right, because I wanted to know where that the relationship was going. That don't sound like pressure to you? It sounds like me voicing where I see my life going. It, it sounds like me. And she not wrong for that. Yeah, if you want to get married, you got to figure out if this dude want to get married. You got to figure out if he's the ideal person for you and vice versa. But where I find the difficulty is... Why is it that marriage or getting the ring on your finger or having a wedding solidifies anything from being different when y'all was dating? He can still cheat on you. He can still talk to you like shit. He can still abuse you or whatever. You know, there's all there's going to be negatives in anything. You know, you got to find the balance of any relationship. But. Are you just sticking out a effed up situation because you want to get you want to say that you married, you know? And then once you once you married, then you blown now, you know, you you pissed off that you that you dealing with what you was dealing with, but you already knew that this is a possibility that you was going to be dealing with this stuff, particularly if you ain't have these conversations. And if you always trying to control the situation and you not getting the outcomes that you want, then it's always going to be a conflict. Saying this is what I would like. You can decide to meet me there. If not, we can reevaluate what exactly we're doing. Okay. Additionally, would I call it pressure per se? Not necessarily pressure. <laughs> it is. It is. It is pressure. But you don't want to say it's pressure. What about being you engaged? You might have felt pressure. What about there being was no engaged? Pressure behind it. I said. We don't got to rush to get married. You said, I don't want to be engaged longer than a year. Is that not pressure? 
That's me voicing my opinion about it. Sounds like pressure to me. So you say you want to be engaged. I get engaged. You say you want to be married within a year. We do that. We get married. Then you make it seem like, like sex is a chore to your husband. Once again, I ask the question, why do women who push forth monogamy on the man they're dating then get overwhelmed when that man who tries to provide that monogamy to you why do you get upset when we're trying to be what you want us to be you don't want me to be with no one else right right i'm asking this is a serious right. question yes, absolutely. you don't want me to be with no one else absolutely so if i decide that all this testosterone i have i want to give to you why is this so overwhelming now this is what you asked for again 26 and 27 year old kadeen uh -huh. Was like, okay, here's the natural succession of life. You graduate. You're working. You meet somebody. You guys are dating. You want children. Yes. I want children. Yes. We don't want to wait too long or too late to have children. Yes. Though now a lot of people are waiting until their 30s to yes. have children. And I understand why. And we, and we at that time felt like, well, we're doing everything in this natural succession that the forces that be have given us this timeline. However... I did not realize that after having children, after, you know, career changes, all of the turbulences that we've been through in life, that that was going to have a direct effect on my sex drive. And that was the end of the clip. And like I was saying, like guys do have to kind of step back and see, are they doing enough for this significant other? Is, are, is she being overwhelmed with the, the daily... Uh, pressures or worries or struggles of life and you not helping her out, then I can understand why she tired and she ain't got time for no sex. If you're not, if you're not chipping in and helping out, what the hell do you expect? I mean, if you're in a relationship, if y'all say y'all partners, then you need to be helping out. But like I will say again, like, ladies, y'all have to make y'all man feel desired as well. I mean, you do. Just like your man don't, just like if your man wasn't making you feel desired, I mean, push come to shove, at some point, you're going to warrant that, that attention from some other man and vice versa. So it can't be that double standard. I mean, we're... Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but we still humans, you know. <laughs> so we still will have want to be desired. We want to feel loved and all that. So, yeah. Let me find the next clip. I think the next clip is of them as well. And it was um, they was talking about something similar. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Figure out which clip it is. Uh, I know some people gonna call me out for this, but that's cool, you know. That's why it's a taste to consider, you know. You might not like this this taste that I'm giving you, but that don't mean that you gotta stop liking me. <laughs> um, let me see what that clip is. Uh, Mm -hmm. What the heck is that clip? I just looked at it. I think this is right here. 
Yeah, that's it right. It's it's the same same two people. They was on some panel discussion or something. Let me pull it up. For a man to see the light when it comes to monogamy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's like you spend your whole life thinking about how many women you're going to sleep with. Yeah. Then you accidentally fall into the woman of your dreams and you're like, I do not want to mess this up. Yeah. But you also think like there's no value in me being monogamous right now. As a man, as a young man, when you're not married, you're just thinking like, I should just try my options. But then you have a woman that you love and you're trying to be monogamous and you're not getting sex as often as you want. It's just like, it's frustrating. And it took me time as a husband to realize that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got married at 27. We've been together since 18. I didn't date a lot of women. I was with her. But I was just like, if sex is important to me, how come it's not important to you? It would be important to you if I was having sex with somebody else. Mm. And then she was just like, yeah, it would be. But, and I, I didn't get it. Like, I, I really I didn't know how to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, that was the same two people from the last clip. And... I don't think this is talked about enough when it comes to to guys that um, a lot of guys, you know, our a lot of our emotions are suppressed um, as far as um, being aware of what emotion we're feeling, um, how to express that emotion, um, healthy, health, healthy, and how to express it to our significant other or just any other human being outside of us. So a lot of men um, express their their emotions through sex. That's why it's, it's so important to to some men. And I'm not I'm saying some because some like you said, some guys just out here, they just want to get a body count. But with some men. That's the only way that they know how to express their emotions. That's the only way that they're able to kind of let their guard down and and receive any type of emotion is through sex. So when they aren't getting it or they they aren't feeling desired as such, then it's a, it's a problem. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Trust me, it's going to be a problem. Um, that's the only way that guys know how to really express their emotions on, uh, a small sample size of an intimate level, because, you know, intimacy is just not sex, but that's the only way that they know how to express it. That's the only way they, that's pretty much the only times that they're even close with a woman is through sex. A lot of men didn't receive affection and 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 an expression of love from their mothers or or women in their life. So a lot of them are getting like their experiences through women that they're dating. So at times they're projecting a lot of things and stuff like that, which is vice versa. But the only times that they're really like close to a woman is during sex. And you hear all the time that, you know, for, for women, sex is more emotional and mental uh, than it is with men. But I disagree. I feel like even though guys express it physically 
through having sex, but they get something out of it emotionally with the closeness and stuff like that because they don't do that often. They, we don't even do that with with each other, with our we didn't do it with our fathers, we didn't do it with our brothers, we don't do it with our boys as far as, you know, intimate being in some type of space where we're touching or some type of expression of affection or love like that, you know? Just something to think about. Let me pull up another clip. Um, I think I got two more clips in the dump. In the dump. Um, Let me see. Make sure y'all, once y'all listen to the episode... Y'all holler at me about it. Uh, ladies, I know y'all gonna have something to say, which is fine. You know, I'm never closed off or shut off from other people's opinion and seeing things from a different perspective because I love learning. Um, all right, I think I got two more clips and let me start off with this one. Why don't men listen? Because if men listen, it could solve so many problems in the world if men would just listen. <laughs> Don't y'all agree? What y'all think? So there are basically two two reasons why men don't listen. And this is uh, this is Keith Battle. Let me talk about pride first. The reality is, now some of y'all gonna get offended at some of this, but I'm just gonna tell y'all the truth. I'm just gonna tell you the truth. A lot of us men don't believe y'all are on our level. Men, no, there are men who don't believe that a woman is on his level, even intellectually. Y'all understand that, right? It, it, it's not right. So when, when your wife tries to give you advice, you tend to not listen to it, which is crazy. When you think about, in the Bible, there are examples of a couple, few women who saved their w- husbands' lives, like Moses' wife, Zipporah, and like Pilate's wife, kept him from getting out of trouble, told him something, you need to leave that man. All right, yeah. I'm going to finish playing the clip, but I agree with him uh, to a tiny extent. Um, I don't think all men uh, feel that they're smarter than women um, or they're that women are not on their level. My, I think the majority of the men, the what the the issue becomes is that um, they feel as though their uh, their masculinity is being tested. Um, they may feel in the moment that they're being mothered, um, and they also because of the way that society is these days, particularly in uh, the black community. Uh, Black women are in a totally different space. They make more money than the men these days. Uh, You see a lot of independent women and stuff like that. So the only thing that a man feels that he has in the relationship is his masculinity. masculinity. He feels the only thing that he has in the relationship is being the man of the relationship, whether that is, you know, protecting 
or being able to lead and stuff like that. So if he feels that he's being controlled in the situation with his significant other, then he's feeling less than. I mean, a lot of guys ain't going to be honest about about shit when it comes to their feelings. Um, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Um, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm telling anything that people don't already know. It's just about whether you're going to acknowledge it and accept it or not. But let me finish playing the clip. Man alone, but a lot of men who operate in pride think that their wives just aren't on their level. We think y'all are emotional. And so because we're so rational and logical, when y'all try to tell us stuff, we don't want to hear it. And then here's another thing. Men don't listen because because we tend to we tend to be problem solvers. Yeah. So when you bring us saying. something that's not on a we, our first reaction is how can we fix it? Mm -hmm. And you just want to talk about how you're feeling. Well, men don't listen to feelings. They listen they listen at a level where they come in to rescue yeah. and solve. And you say I didn't want you to do all that. I just want you to hear how I felt. So we don't tend to listen on that level. And we and, and a part of that is just love languages. We've been programmed. We've been programmed to hear mm -hmm. things Program. at a level that we want to solve it and not just feel it. Yep. So that's part of the reasons why men don't listen to women. Well, so, how can we get y'all to listen? Because uh, we want the problems of the world to be Talk fixed. to us when you're naked. <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> be like, and this is past the Keith Battle saying this. <laughs> oh, baby. Just, there he go. If you naked, just, we definitely ain't listening. I was feel, thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if you naked, we definitely ain't listening. But um, relationships, man. I mean, like all this shit comes down to love languages. It, it shit do. Like what I talked about about with the Malcolm and Marie movie, all that toxic the stuff that was going on. This is shit. People, I mean, let's be real. Anybody who's seen that movie. Y'all experienced that shit at some point in y'all life dealing in a relationship. <laughs> and it all comes down to love languages. People not having necessary conversations. You know, for one, we don't know our love languages. And are we loving ourselves the way that we supposed to? So, I mean, how are we going to love somebody else if we not even loving ourselves right? But, yeah. Um... I think this is the last clip right here. I think this is the last clip in my in my uh, topic, my phone topic dump. I'm just taking a dump. Now, honestly, I'm gonna say this, like, and I'm probably hey, whatever. Here it is. I feel like women should give men that are faithful credit for that. Like, women will act like it's the same thing as a woman being faithful, and it's like it's not the same thing. Like, honestly, it's not. And I just okay. feel like <laughs> what you said is true because, like. I haven't cheated since October 2016. That's fire. And I, that shit feel like being sober. Like, like literally, Bruh, like I like, write that down like in my mindfulness And I goals. feel like, and the reason why I say this is because I feel like if women gave men credit for that, then men would appreciate it and it would encourage them to not do it more. It's almost like it's just like, like, nigga, okay, and you was being faithful, you supposed to do that. It's like, it is a difference, like, and it's just not the same thing. I feel like it just doesn't come up. If your man isn't cheating on you, then you're not talking about it because everything's fine, like, with that 
True, but I'm just saying, like, if you have a dude and he's faithful, like, yeah. I think that, like, you don't necessarily have to say thank you for being baby, faithful. Baby, did you cheat yeah, today? Yeah, exactly. You don't got to say ba- thank you for being faithful. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Go star. <laughs> it, should be, it should be looked at and given credit to. You get what I'm saying? Like, in my opinion, because it's like, it's something that, like, is not an easy thing to it's do It's hard for, for women to not cheat, too. It's not easy for anybody to just go ahead and say that they're not going to cheat. I mean, honestly, I, I can't put no, t- no weight on it to say this a woman or a man is, is easier for shit. Because even one of us can go out here and do it whenever we want. I mean, it's not difficult to go out here and do. But I think when it all comes down to it, my thought process with all of this is, and what I've already said before is, Guys need to to have their their emotional and their love cup filled up as well. They guys want to be desired. They want to they want to hear the words of affirmation and all that. This could speak to their love language right here. One of the love languages is is words of affirmation, and that could speak to you know his his love language, his primary love languages. Because we all had. I think there's five love languages. We all have those five love languages. Just some, some of them are more of a priority than others. So let me finish playing the clip. So y'all got to give us credit uh, too. What? That's what I'm saying. It's all like, kind of like it's not just Birkin bags flying around and some some women. I know these Birkin bags. No more some buying <laughs> bags for bitches that can't afford one. That can't afford one. Twenty twenty, man. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> no, but I'll tell you why I give myself credit. I give myself credit because oh, I feel like. like when I was cheating, I was feeding my ego. Yeah. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's literally that's all really it what is. it is. That's all yeah. it is. That's really all what it is. Not all the time. I don't agree with that. It's not always, uh, well, okay, yeah, it is feeding, feeding the man's ego, but it could be levels to that, to, to being fed. It could be because you're not getting, you're not getting your uh, cup filled up. You're not getting appreciated you not feeling like you desired etc etc same reason why women it's the same thing that's why like that's why it don't need to be no double standards it just needs to be better communication on this because just because you're a woman and you carry more feminine energy than i may have and vice versa i have more masculine energy than you have but it's still that balance of energy there we still both have those energies so we'll still have those same feelings to a degree but are we being open with each other and having the correct conversations you know are we valuing the other is it you know don't just like i said last episode don't just coexist with a person and i mean you can't really expect much from a i can't really expect much from my lady if I'm not helping her out doing this and doing that if I'm not complimenting her or if I'm not speaking to her correctly you know I'm not respecting her and stuff like that and vice versa so I mean like that stuff motivates you that stuff inspires you that stuff you know makes you feel good about yourself it makes you feel good about the relationship it makes you want to pour into the relationship but it it can't be one-sided and it can't be a situation where we following what society tells us that the woman is the only prize, you know, both of us are, pri- are prizes in the relationship. You know, we both have value. We both have worth, you know, so it's just about having the right conversations, coming together, speaking right. I don't know. You got to figure it out for your own relationship. I ain't, I ain't here to do it for you. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I think that was the last clip. I think I have one more post and then I'll end here. One more post that may go to this. Um, let me find it. Uh, um, okay. This was a post that I found. And it says, until one of them shows you consistency, they all of them. And I feel like that that's a theme for for black women <laughs> that they always be throwing that around. And, and then that 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 goes to the, the lore of uh, Lori Harvey, you know, the legend of Lori Harvey. <laughs> but it's like. How do you expect a man to be consistent with you if. You jumping around and wanting your attention from all these other guys, especially when it's evident. I mean, you can't really think that. I mean, you can't really think that you're going to get consistency from a guy when you running around trying to get noticed by everybody else. It, this is. I want to say it's. It's kind of self-sabotaging because it's to the point where you're so afraid that. This one guy's not going to give you what you want or you're afraid to be hurt or whatever. So you keep keeping options on the side, you know. Like either you want to be with the person or you don't, you know, so. I don't know. It's like I said, it's double standards, it's double standards to everything. And even with me saying all of that, I'm just thinking like, you know. Well, guys don't, you know, guys don't do it. Guys, you know, be running around with with everybody. And like I say, I agree. Like the shit, the shit ain't right. The double standard ain't right on on either side. But I think my whole goal with talking about all the all of this is that you know, guys, you know, guys want to be valued too. At least, you know, the the guys who are really um, focused on, you know, being in the. Uh, a, a true relationship with guys really out here that want to feel loved and stuff like that. I feel like ultimately that is that is the goal, but some guys just so so far away from the acknowledgement of their their struggles and their issues that it's hard for them to see that, you know. And vice versa cuz you know, we all go through the same stuff. I mean, I just don't we just got to stop running with a narrative that's being sold on us. And start getting more intimate when it comes to our communication on, you know, the things that we need, the things that we want, the things that we value and stuff like that. Because none of us are hearing each other. I mean, we know, we all know a miserable marriage out here <laughs> or a marriage that didn't work and why it didn't work. And it was all based on little nitpicky things that should have been dealt with before it even got to that point. Um, but yeah, just men and women, just don't let your, your issues of being wanted affect your relationships because there's other ways that you can deal with that by going to therapy, seeking, you know, cause it's deeper than that. Like even with me reading the love language book, all of this stuff that we're dealing with, with relationships, particularly romantic relationships, the one that's focused on so much in this world is how, we were raised up when we were kids. What we didn't get, what we 
needed, what we yearn for. You know, we're playing all this stuff out in our relationships with our significant other. And I'm going to end it right there. The title of this episode will be called Lovable Standards because that's the most important thing. We got to have love. We got to have love. We got to have them lovable standards. You know, are you lovable? Lovable standards, not double standards. Let's focus on the lovable standards. (laughs) I end every episode with a song, but before I get to that, Check me out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, Spotify, Stitcher, A Taste to Consider Podcast on Instagram, greatest.i.amblog on Instagram, greatestiamblog.com. Um, get at me. I mean, keep keep showing me love. I mean, I, like like I said, this. This is just the love that I received from last episode, the past two episodes, really, has just, you know, like I, I said on the first episode of season three, I didn't feel I didn't feel inspired. You know, y'all motivating me, y'all inspiring me. And right now we in February. I said I was tired of talking about the blackity black and, you know, divinely the love stuff is coming in. So, like I said, you're going to get a taste of everything from me because I am the taste and I'm going to end it with this song. Um, this song is by uh, Bryce and Tiller. And it is called um, Always Forever. A Taste of the Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. Taste to consider. Say sick and sit apart, guys.
somebody I won't say his name I'm simply trying to forget everything Since you don't remember anything Taste Second Set of Podcast I'm your host Derek Silver And I'll be back next week Thank you.